Hello and welcome back to the CBJ show. I am Brandon alongside Cam and Jason today. And uh, we're going to dive deep into some more NBA uh, offseason moves. Plus, take a look at the updated NFL standings and who's going to make the playoffs and who won't. And we'll end how we always do with predictions. Uh, we're going to start off this episode with NBA discussions. The first news was Giannis Antetokounmpo signed a five-year, 228.2 million dollar extension with the Mil- Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, first, I'll uh, take the lead on this, and I'll say that um, that it was the right decision, and um, uh, for Milwaukee to re-sign their big man. And I'm going to send off to Jason for his initial thoughts. I would totally agree with you, Brandon, on that. I think Giannis is going to be the best player in basketball for the next decade, maybe top two, but he's going to be one of the more dominant players of all time when it's all said and done. And um, just looking at the fit right now, I think that this Bucks team really has a good chance to be a contender this year. I mean, they uh, acquired Drew Holiday this offseason. Uh, they'd have to give up five first-round picks. But I think that Giannis, he needs a good team around him. That was definitely part of, uh, you know, why he signed this extension. I don't think he got overpaid. He's the most dominant player in basketball. And I think that um, it's a big-time deal, and uh, Giannis is going to be great for years to come. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't see why the Bucks wouldn't want to sign him besides the fact that they didn't want to pay him, which obviously they got over that because he signed a max contract. And, yeah, like you said, Jason, he's a top two player in basketball, and, you know, he's a great signing. We saw from um, his tweet even four years ago, he's got DNA in his buds, you know, Milwaukee, Milwaukee strong. And uh, they brought in Drew Holiday. They got Chris Middleton, you know, Pat Connaughton, Brooks. For Lopez, uh, they got, they got a good looking depth chart going now, and yeah, the Bucks could very well be very well maybe contenders again. You know, I think that's a great signing for the Bucks, and Giannis definitely deserves this max contract deal like you see with other players this year so far. Back to you. Yeah, um, Cam, I agree there because um, he definitely deserved the money. Giannis, like you said, big time player. Um, I thought that Giannis would have tested free agency and then re-signed with the Bucks there. But I do think that um, it was good to get this deal done. Now, uh, he's making a lot of money. But, I mean, he's Giannis onto the Kumpo. He deserves every little bit of it. And he's just going to be great. The city of Milwaukee loves him. He loves the city of Milwaukee. And um, it's going to be a perfect fit. But to add one more thing with Giannis staying in Milwaukee for five more years is uh, I think Milwaukee is going to be one of the best teams in the East. Uh, we saw it the past couple of years as he was in, evolving in the league. But with him being in Milwaukee for the next five years, uh, we could see uh, the Bucks making a deep run a lot of years. But it really depends on uh, who else can help Giannis as the NBA is not a one-man team. Back to you, Jason. Yeah, I agree. One-man team does not exist. Giannis, as an individual, 
outstanding, but I mean, he would be nothing without Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, like Cam mentioned, and the Bucs are going to have a deep team, and uh, they're definitely going to get some nice draft picks in years to come. I like um, their 2019 pick of Dante DiVincenzo. I think he's a defensive stud. I think he'll be good for years. So the Bucks are looking like they're heading in the right direction. Uh, one question that I wanted to ask you guys is, how does this change the Eastern Conference? Are the Bucks the biggest threat in the East now, knowing that they have Giannis locked up until 2026? Because remember, this contract doesn't kick in until 2021 after this regular season. So um, teams like Brooklyn, Boston, Toronto, Philly, like should they feel threatened by the fact that Giannis is going to be here for his entire prime of his career? I'm going to start with Cam. I mean, yeah, they should definitely be threatened, but, you know, it's not that much different than the years before Then you know, yes, Giannis is still getting better. So definitely think it'll be still more of a threat, but I don't think it's that much more of a threat considering that he's already been with the Bucs for a little bit now. But, yeah, like you said, the East, they got some good teams now. The Nets most likely will be will be good again, you know, and considering if Kevin Durant ends up signing there as well. But, yeah, you know, the Celtics, Nets, Toronto – the box, you know, there's a bunch of good teams in the Heat, a bunch of good teams in the East now. It's going to get very competitive, you know, for those playoff spots and uh, getting deeper into the playoffs. It's going to be tougher to get through a lot, a lot of better teams now. And, yeah, they definitely should be a little more scared, but not, not a big difference as he's already been there for a while now. Yeah, I mean, um, like Cam mentioned, the other teams in the East, they're not going to feel entirely threatened. Um with Giannis staying here, but I mean, with Giannis staying in Milwaukee, rather than going to Miami, actually could be a relief for some teams because you look at Miami, they'd have Giannis, Bam, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, and some other huge pieces. Uh, Jimmy Butler might be getting towards like the end of his career with um, around that team, but if you have Giannis, Bam, and Tyler Hero, I mean, that's going to be scary for the next five, ten or so years. So. Um, there's a lot of drama around where Giannis would go, but I think Giannis um, belongs in Milwaukee, and he's going to be a Bucks legend when it's all said and done. Um, moving on to our next NBA discussion, another contract extension. Uh, we saw a few in the past few weeks, of course, like the LeBron James one, Stephen Adams, and then the rookie ones with Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and uh, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, rookies from the 2017 draft class, and now Giannis. And this player, next one was Paul George, Los Angeles Clippers, four years, $190 million extension, and that kicks in in 2021. So he'll be locked up till 2025 uh, on the Los Angeles Clippers, and he's going to be alongside Kawhi Leonard, of course. I'm going to start with Brandon do you think that Paul George got overpaid, underpaid, or do you just generally deserve this contract? Uh, well, first I would say is um, the Clippers got a long-time guy, Paul George. But uh, I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, he's getting to uh, – he's almost done uh, playing in the NBA, but I think uh, this may be one of his last contracts, and – Getting a big one shows that the Clippers want him for the rest of his career. And who knows if after this contract, uh, uh, George stays in um, with the Clippers or um, goes to a different team. But they want to stay with their big man. 
Yeah. I mean, Paul George, he just entered his 30s, like Brandon mentioned, might be one of the last few contracts that he sees. Uh, but I still think he's an elite talent. But I just don't know if he was worth uh, the money because Kawhi Leonard, without a doubt, is the best player on that Clippers team. And Paul George, well, he didn't really show up in the playoffs. He did not do too well. Um, Kawhi mainly carried the, the team there. But um, I think having Paul George around is definitely going to, you know, comfort Kawhi. Um, the Clippers will be a contending team this year, like last year. Of course, it didn't turn out how they expected with a loss to the Nuggets in the conference semifinals. But, I mean, Paul George, uh, he has a chance to show that he's worth the money. And uh, even though um, last year he didn't show it, he still has a good chance because, I mean, when he enters free agency in 2025, when he's going to be in his mid-30s or so, I don't really know how much he's going to get from any team. So uh, he should be happy that he got this big deal from the Clippers. Your thoughts, Cam? Yeah, I think this is a great signing for the Clippers there. You know, Paul George is not in his prime anymore, but he's still a good player. You know, it'll definitely help the Clippers out a bit. You know, Kawhi, maybe, yeah, maybe this will help convince Kawhi to stay. I think it should convince him. Um, but I think Paul George and Kawhi would be a great duo to see, and I think a lot of people would love to see that. And I think he'll definitely be able to prove his worth there with his $190 million contract. So I think this is a good signing for the Clippers. I think he'll be able to show his worth as long as he, he's able to provide, which I think he should be with Kawhi. You know. And um, going on with will the Clippers ever win a championship with Kawhi and Paul George? I know I think it's possible. But very unlikely considering, you know, the powerhouses in the West and now the new powerhouses in the East now. So I think it'll be harder for them to do that. But I think, you know, the Clippers made a good signing here with Paul George. And I'd love to see Kawhi and them get together. And I think that would be a great duo to see. I'd have to agree on that, Cam. And I think I don't think they're going to make a championship run with the two with the duo. But like Cam said, there's so much more talent with the Lakers. We got teams in the East like the Bucks, the Heat, Raptors, Celtics, all uh, fighting for that championship. And I, I just think the NBA is uh, now is open for a lot of teams, which moves, which brings us into our next uh, topic of discussion, which is who is going to win the NBA Finals? We talked about this. Uh, me and Jason talked about this before the bubble happened, doing uh, early predictions. I see it all the time. I think it's funny because it's never correct. But we're gonna we're gonna take a shot at uh, who we think is gonna make the NBA Finals. I'm gonna start with my prediction. I'll hand it off to Cam afterwards. I'm going the classic one, original two teams, Lakers Celtics rivalry. We almost got this last year in Orlando, but uh, this year it's gonna be a different atmosphere, and uh, I think the NBA world is ready for a Lakers Celtics series. With uh, that, I think the Celtics are going on to win the championship. Kim, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I know. Lakers-Celtics would be a great matchup. I mean, I sort of got to agree with you there. Um, I don't like to say it, but I think the Lakers are going to go back-to-back, even though I hate to see them win another championship since they're from Boston. But, you know, with LeBron, Dennis Schroeder, Cardwell Pope, Anthony Davis, Gasol, Schroeder, Kuzma, Marquise Morris, you know, and Crusoe. 
I mean, they've got a great depth chart there, and I don't think they can be beat. I think, even though it pains me to say this, I think they're going to go back-to-back. But who knows? Anything's possible. I'd love to see the Celtics come on top. But as of right now, at the beginning of the season, going in, I'd like to say the Lakers will most likely win again. They're looking very strong. I'm going to have to take uh, Cam's side on this one, except, unfortunately, as a Diary Celtics fan, I don't see us making it to the finals this year. I just think the East has gotten a little bit more competitive this offseason. And now with the Nets getting both KD and Kyrie back healthy, the Bucks adding Drew Holiday to play alongside Giannis and Chris Middleton. And you got teams like the Miami Heat uh, with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and company. I just don't see the Celtics making it out of the East. I definitely could see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe forcing a Game 7. But um, coming out of the East, I think it's going to be either the Bucks or the Nets. But I do think one of those teams will get eliminated in the Conference Semifinals. And I think the Nets will get eliminated then because, to be honest, with the injuries that have been happening in the past few years, I don't see KD and Kyrie staying healthy the entire season. It's going to affect their record a lot. And if they get hurt during the playoffs, I think if one of them's gone, they're done. Uh, Mainly if KD's gone, I don't see Kyrie leading a team himself. But um, coming out of the West, I do see the Lakers. I have to agree with that. The Lakers, like Cam mentioned, their depth chart has gotten even better this offseason. They did lose some guys like, you know, Danny Green, but LeBron AD are two of the most dominant players in basketball. They added Montrezl Harrell this offseason, which I think is huge. Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, KCP, those guys are around as well as Dennis Schroeder. And um, I do think that it will be uh, a good playoffs, but uh, I do have the Lakers coming up on top against the Milwaukee Bucks, and I'm going to say in six games. This is a preseason prediction. It's a little too early to tell, but with the way injuries um, happen, I don't see the Nets um, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think the Celtics could make it competitive along with some other teams. So I got Lakers over Bucks. No, we didn't see – an NFL playoff preseason. We didn't see an NFL preseason. We are seeing an NBA preseason, so who knows? But we're moving on now to the NFL playoff picture where we have in the AFC, the Chiefs stealing that one seed from the Steelers at 12-1, and one, divin- cl- clinching their division. Then the Steelers, the two seed, Bills at the three, Titans the four. Then our wildcard teams being the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield leading that team there to a great game on Monday night. Ended up being a loss, losing to the Ravens, but probably one of the best games of the year so far. Colts being the sixth seed. Dolphins holding on to that seventh seed. Ravens, the eighth seed, just out of the playoffs, but they got they got some better odds. The Raiders slipping down to the ninth seed, but they do still play the Dolphins next week, so that'll be a huge game for them. And then our Patriots, the tenth seed, six and seven, with a slight chance to make the playoffs at just under 6%. But anything's possible. Then the Broncos at five and eight, Chargers, Texans, and Bengals at the bottom of the book. With, of course, the Jaguars and the Jets below them, which are both the two worst teams in football this year. In the NFC, we have the Packers stealing the one seed from the Saints at ten and three, and then also at ten and three is the Saints still. But Packers have the tiebreaker over them as of now. But the Saints do play Kansas City this week. So that will be a great game and we'll see what will happen there. Rams, the three seed at nine and four. Then the Washington football team at six and seven, taking the lead 
over the Giants with their big win this weekend. The Seahawks at the five, the Bucks at the six, Cardinals at the seven. With the Vikings right there at six and seven, the eight seed, the Bears in nine, the Lions in ten, with the 49ers at the 11, five and eight, and then the Giants and Eagles and Cowboys all within one game of each other. Still with playoff odds because that NFC East is still up in question. And then we have the Falcons and Panthers at the bottom. First discussion will be how good do we think the Steelers are? You know, we saw they were 11. They were 11 and all. They lost their last two games. Personally, I do not think the Steelers are a Super Bowl team. I do not think they're that good. They had a very easy schedule. I think they do have a decent receiving core, though, but they've had a lot of running back problems. And, you know, a lot of controversy over the dancing there with Juju Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, I think the receiving core is all right, but I do not think they are a play uh, Super Bowl team, possibly not even a AFC championship team. You know, I think they could get beat by any of those teams in the wild card there. And I just think the Chiefs are the best team of football right now. And I'll throw it to you, Jason. What are your thoughts on the Steelers here? Do you think they can get that one seed back or might even fall farther down on their list? I mean, with the way the Steelers' schedule is looking, they actually do have a good chance, but I don't see the Chiefs losing another game. I think they can go 15-1 and one without a doubt. I mean, the Saints game, that's going to be tough, but I think they'll pull through and get the W. And I just don't think the Steelers are a serious team, like Cam mentioned. Um, the wide receivers just doing TikToks after every game. Um, they just don't seem like a serious team. And um, Ben Roethlisberger coming back from an injury, he definitely deserves – um, consideration for comeback player of the year after a season-ending injury last year. That defense is really good. I think T.J. Watt could win a defensive player of the year. And um, But the Steelers just aren't a championship and a Super Bowl team because there's so many other teams out there that I think could beat them. I think that, uh, you know, some teams that should have beaten them did lose to them. Like, I think uh, the Titans could have beaten them. I think they've improved a lot uh, since playing Pittsburgh. And I think Buffalo, they obviously beat them. So I think they could beat them in the playoffs if they do match up, which is unlikely because the Steelers will most likely have the second seed and they've already clinched a playoff spot. But the Steelers are just not uh, – they're not a Super Bowl team. Um, it's a um, – I think that this team has enough talent but they, they're just taking all these games as jokes, just dancing on the logos, and teams are just going to use that as motivation to beat them. Your thoughts, Brandon? Yeah, I, uh, first, before I jump, jump into the Steelers, uh, this year that one seed is so important and, uh, because only once the one seed gets a bye. So with Pittsburgh, if they – uh, become the two seed for the rest of the uh, season, they miss out on the bye. So not only would they have uh, lost their chances on going a perfect season, but now they may uh, lose their chance of uh bye. In the NFC, we were talking about a few weeks ago how the NFC East division is a joke, and now it's actually the most interesting division because we have Washington at 6-7, and seven, and we have the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys all one to two games behind, which is crazy. Because they're so bad, they're so close and standing. And this division is going to go any way. And basically, it's going to determine one team making the playoffs and the second team being out. Uh, 
back to the Steelers situation is, I mean, if they don't take this seriously, then they don't really deserve a Super Bowl. Um, and dancing and doing TikToks after games isn't going to help. They need to focus on the task and um, just be ready for game day. I would also say that the Steelers had an easy schedule, which is why they went 11-0. and But once it was kind of like the Patriots last year. Once they found a tougher opponent, they lost. Not saying Washington's a tough opponent, but uh, Washington was able to beat them. Last year, the Pats, they went 8-0, and and people were saying, oh, the Pats are the best team. Well, that was because they have an easy schedule, and that really determines who can make it to the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs, even though they had a little harder schedule than the Steelers, they have a Super Bowl team, and I think we see the Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl and win back-to-back Super Bowl champions for the first time in 16 years since the 03-04 New England Patriots. Moving on, uh, Cam, we got one more uh, note about the uh, standings. We talked about the mentality and the motivation of the Steelers dancing and not having the full mentality. But what about the mentality and motivation of Drew Brees coming back after the 11 fractured ribs, coming back to face the Chiefs in this matchup at 425 on Sunday? Do we think that this could be a Super Bowl, maybe a Super Bowl we, could there this could there be a rematch here for the Super Bowl? Could this be a Super Bowl prediction matchup right here? Could these two teams make it? Jason, what are your thoughts on this matchup and Drew Brees coming back from those eleven fractured ribs to face Patty Mahomes in this game on Sunday? I mean, first off, I think it's great that Drew Brees has returned. Uh, it was a huge injury, but as NFL fans, we have to be happy that he's back. But is this a Super Bowl preview? I mean, I would honestly say no. I think the Saints do have the chance to make the NFC Championship. But I think the Packers by far are the best team in the NFC right now. Aaron Rodgers, I think it's between him and Mahomes for MVP. Rodgers is, I'd say, the most accurate passer in the NFL if you count out Mahomes. They're very equal this season. And, I mean, the Saints, they have a really, really good team. Alvin Kamara has gone off this year. Michael Thomas has come back from injury. Um about a month ago, and he's doing solid. And that defense, that run defense, has been incredible. Um, they did struggle against the Eagles when they lost, which I was really surprised about. Going into the game, um, they were the number one uh, defense ranked in fantasy football, and Miles Sanders absolutely tore them apart with two touchdowns. So, I mean, it could be interesting. The Chiefs aren't really known to run the ball, but they do have Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell. So, um, it's going to be a pass heavy game because. The Saints secondary needs some work. Marshawn Lattimore is taking a step back, in my opinion. And the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, um, the most dominant players at their position, arguably. So uh, I think Saints-Chiefs could be potentially a Super Bowl preview, but the Saints have to get through the Packers if they want to win a Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl, at least. Your thoughts, Brandon? You said this would be a pass-heavy game. Michael Thomas is out. Brandon, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas being out, and how does that affect Drew Brees' pass game? Well, first off, before we talk about Michael Thomas, I, I want to state the uh, obvious that I don't see Drew Brees playing in this game. Even though we've seen him come back from injury, the Saints have no intention to bring him, rush him early. The worst thing they're going to do is bring him back too early. They, he, he can't play. They fall apart. 
in that one seed, they go all the way down to four. So that's the last thing they want. And I think we see Taysom Hill uh, back in action again against uh, Patrick Mahomes. And with uh, Michael Thomas out, uh, that's okay for Hill because it'll be run heavy for the Saints, either Hill or uh, Kamara on the run game. Moving on, going to talk about our previewing the Miami Dolphins versus New England Patriots game uh, this Sunday. And this is a big matchup as if New England wins the rest of their schedule, Miami loses the rest of the schedule. Ravens only win one more game in the rest of the schedule, and the Raiders only win two out of three more games. The Patriots will be the seventh seed. That being said, it's a lot of teams that need to win or lose, so the odds are very slim. But it starts this weekend in Miami. They won last year 41-0, but it was the first time the New England Patriots won in Miami since 2012. That being said, uh, who knows what will happen. The good news is the New England Patriots will be facing a rookie QB of Tua Tunga Viola, who has been really good uh, on fire, probably one of the best rookies uh, this year, alongside Herbert and Burrow before he got injured. But the good news for the Patriots is Bill Belichick is awesome against rookie QBs. He knows their weaknesses, and because they're young, they don't have all the weapons that a veteran would have. Uh, Bill Belichick has won his last nine games against rookie QBs. The last time a rookie QB beat him was Geno Smith in 2013. So uh, Bill will take that, his odds against Miami, and hope he'll win. Um, have some injury reports. Um, Damian Harris, unfortunately, went back on IR this week. Hopefully he will be available. As we're filming this on Friday, uh, a little over 48 hours before the game, we, we don't know necessarily who is in and who is out, but uh, that's definitely something important you want to check. Um, good news was Julian Edelman came back from IR. He may most likely will not play this weekend, but he will be available for the last couple games in the playoffs if the Pats make it. Um, Lastly, for the uh, Dolphins, Mike Tuzeki, Devontae Parker, and Jakeem Grant will all be questionable, along with others that are on the questionable list. And uh, uh, we'll probably see a few of them make it as some ex-Patriots are on the Dolphins under head coach uh, Brian Flores. But we'll see with injuries who will win and who, will want, who won't. I'm going to swing it back over to Jason for his predictions. I feel like the weeks that we have recorded the podcast, the Patriots do have easy matchups, which is great because I love picking the Patriots. So I'm going to take the Patriots again, 27 to 17 Patriots. Again, like Brandon mentioned, rookie quarterback to Atungo Bailoa. I mean, he's, he's won a lot of games. He's been a very accurate passer. He didn't throw an interception in his NFL career until last week against Kansas City. So we know he is an accurate passer. Um, we haven't really seen him throw the deep ball and, um, he might be forced to. The Patriots defensive line has stepped up. Adam Butler, Chase Winovich, Dietrich Wise, Lauren Sky, those uh, players all look um, great. So, and um, the Dolphins, their run game hasn't been great. They have Miles Gaskin, who's been um, on and off the injury report, and they have DeAndre Washington uh, starting last week. So, uh, their run game, we don't really know much about it. And like Brandon mentioned, um, there is a lot of offensive weapons. Um, they're questionable for the Dolphins. Mike Isicki, Devontae Parker, and Jakeem Grant. Mike Isicki had a huge game last week. Devontae Parker got injured uh, right in the middle of the game, and Grant also got injured. But 
I think that uh, the limits of this uh, Miami offense, I don't think the experience is going to help them at all So because they don't have much experience. The Patriots have a lot more. So I think that the Patriots defense will take advantage of a shorthanded team and uh, assuming those guys don't play. Um, Patriots defense, their secondary is incredible. J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, and Devin McCourty, they're all um, some of the best secondary players in football, in my opinion. And then looking at the other side of the ball, the Patriots offense, I think they're going to struggle a lot against the Dolphins D because they're the only team in the NFL that has gotten uh, a turnover, that has um, forced a turnover in every single game this regular season. But I think that um, Cam Newton's going to play his heart out. He doesn't even know if he's going to be quarterbacking next year. So he wants to prove to New England fans that um, he wants to – quarterback there um the offseason questions about the Patriots quarterback will come up but um without Damian Harris it's going to be a big pass game and I think Cam Newton can prove that he'll throw um some touchdown passes he only has five this year but um Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird um should be great so Pats win there yeah I mean we have great quarterback matchups this week Patrick Williams, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Tua Tagovailoa but you know I hate to say this, but I think Miami is the better team here. And like Jason said, that Miami defense has done really good this year, and they are a great defense. And Cam Newton has not had the best year, and I don't think he will be able to step up and give the Patriots the win they need. I think Miami will win this. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that Miami defense will just shred apart Cam Newton as Cam is not the Cam Newton he was when he was in the Super Bowl, and he is definitely falling apart. No, but if Patriots do good against rookie quarterbacks. If they find a way to shut down Tua and take advantage of his inexperience and the Patriots' very experienced defense, you know, that could help them a lot. This is going to be a very defensive game, I think. It's going to come down to defenses, but I think that Miami has a better defense to stop the Patriots' offense, and then the Patriots' defense has to stop to Miami's offense. Patriots' defense is very good, but I think the Patriots' offense is not as good as it should be. And I think Miami D, considering that they like turning over the ball, they're very good at turning over, turning over the ball. We know Cam Newton likes to turn over the ball a lot, and I think that that's going to happen. And I think Miami's going to end up winning this game. I hope I'm wrong, but I think that Miami defense, like you said, is just too good. And I think Cam Newton's going to struggle a lot you know, figuring out get those open passes, as he is definitely not the best passing quarterback anymore. And I think he's going to have to make more runs with his feet, and we'll see what he can do. But I, I don't see the Patriots coming away unless Cam Newton can get his passing game up to what what we, what we expected it to be and if he can play as hard, like you said. Your thoughts on this, Brandon? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be defense as well. But first, I just want to address the elephant in the room. I think it's funny hearing Cam talking about Cam, and I think uh, your actions are definitely accurate about Cam Newton, but I think you, you could work on your throwing as well. Uh, Back to uh, football, I think this is going to be a little higher than both of them predicted, but I think I may be wrong as this could turn into a defensive stand. I'm going to predict 27-24 Patriots. Uh, Cam Noon is going to throw for two passes over 150 yards, and I think the Patriots C will pick off uh, Tua Tunga Viola, and J.C. Jackson will pick up another uh, interception, and I think Jason McCourty will pick up either an interception or fumble recovery touchdown uh, for the Patriots' 27-24 victory. 
Uh, gonna send it over to Cam for a quick NHL debrief. All right, we'll see how the Pats do this weekend. Go Pats! Let's see, let's hope their defense can hold up. As for the NHL, um, the January first start date has been pushed back a little bit to mid-January, possibly the thirteenth. Still no official decision there. There are still four teams hoping to play outside. I'll say those again. Those are the Bruins, the Kings, the Ducks, and the Penguins. The NHL is hoping to possibly play in hybrid bubbles where a team would play in a bubble for two weeks, then out of a bubble, and then they'd go back in the bubble and out again. Um, I think that's a great decision. I think the NHL should do that. Now we're hoping to get this season underway. The NBA has certainly done a good job of getting the season ready to go. A notable player that has been out is Henrik Lundqvist, who is out of the Rangers and in with the Washington Capitals. He is out this whole year with a heart condition that was found recently. We hope he will be okay. But, you know, that's a loss for the Capitals there. They do have a good backup goalie, even though hope he's gone. Still have another goalie, but that's a big loss, you know. All those NHL fans, you know, we want to see Lundqvist win a Stanley Cup and, you know, be able to play. But he, unfortunately, would not be able to play this year due to his condition, and we hope he's okay. Send his hopes and prayers to him. But, yeah, the NHL still does not have a permanent schedule out yet or anything in particular when they're going to start. Still looking at mid-January, hopefully. But, you know, we've got to get going more as I'll send it back to you, Brandon. Yeah, thank you, Cam. We always thank Cam for his NHL uh, expertise. That's it. Episode 15 is in the books. Uh, I thought it went well. And uh, we hope you continue uh, listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or on um, mine or Jason's YouTube channels, which are um, BPYT and JGYT. Um, well, that's all I got. Cam, Jason, any last words? Go Pats. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. We hope to see you soon. Peace.